Thank you for downloading the following message from the Pickerington Church of Christ. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you as you walk with the Lord. For more information or to find additional resources, locate us on the web at pickeringtonchurch.org. Enjoy the message. Verses 1 through 3. Psalms 107, verses 1 through 3. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Church, well, I'm really glad to be here, not because I'm preaching, but just to be with you again, just to celebrate our Lord's death, burial, and resurrection in song and in scripture reading and remembering his great mercy and his grace and his love and his compassion for us. Isn't that a blessing? Now, I don't usually do this, uh, but I just got to get off on something because we have a group that's really working hard on evangelism and they're getting ready. And, of course, Matt asked you all to door knock and everything. I think he was asking the whole church to go. That's what I got from it. If, that, if that's not what you meant, I'm going to pass that on anyhow. But anyhow, let me tell you how important it is. If it wasn't for somebody that cared about my soul, I wouldn't be here tonight. Now, the man that led me to Christ is here tonight, Terry McGiffin. I showed up at the Zenia Church of Christ one day on Detroit Street and and I heard this guy preach, and it didn't mean a whole lot to me then. I knew he didn't have hair then. Uh, but so, and he still looks young, as young as he did then. But I said, this guy's got to come by my house. So I asked on the visitation card to come by and visit me. I didn't get a phone call. I didn't get a note. I got a knock on my door the next night. And because of that knock, and because of his love for the Lord and his love for me, I stand here tonight. Thank you, Terry. Where are you at? Right there. He and his wife are celebrating their 57th anniversary this week. Isn't that great news? Amen? Amen. Psalm, that's enough, right? I could start crying on that. You don't know that I cry, do you? I do cry. But anyhow, Psalm 107, verses 1 through 3 is a powerful, powerful passage in the Bible. And you say that's Old Testament scripture. But I'm going to go back to Romans again where Paul said whatsoever things are written aforetime are written for our learning. And there the psalmist says let the redeemed say so. And he's not saying in my thought is I'm redeemed. God's redeemed me. When you look at what's being said there he's talking about a declaration something that you're proclaiming to others around you that God has done something fantastic in your life but in order for you to say that you have to be excited about the fact that God has done something fantastic in your life and that's what soul winning is all about soul winning is about sharing a God that means more to you than anything else in the world and our evangelists have been trying to impress. I've been here two years. For two years, our need to reach out to the lost, and I want to support them tonight. I want to say that's exactly what God wants them to say to us. And that's exactly what our leadership in their following God directs us to do. We are the redeemed, and we need to say so. 
when I get excited about things, I can tell you about it. Now, I get excited about things you wouldn't get excited about. I understand that. I remember the day I soloed, and that's been a number of years ago, and I'd spent a few hours, and, and I just went up with the instructor, and, and we landed the airplanes, getting ready to shut off. He said, don't shut it off. I said, well, why? He says, because you're going to solo. And I said, well, I'm not ready for it. He said, yes, you are. And that's how all student pilots are. And so I remember him getting out of the airplane, and I remember sitting there and thinking, okay, now what? Well, I know what to do. So I picked up, and I went through my flight check, and, and I talked to David as if he was there. David Bohr was my CFI. And he took me through private and, and, and uh, instrument rating and twin and stuff like that. But nevertheless, he took me through those things. And so I said, David, okay, we're ready to go. And he said, okay, taxi out to runway six. And I said, Cessna, whatever it was, uh, departing runway six. And I took off. And I said, well, that was pretty easy. And then I thought, there's only a problem. I got to land. And he, he said, you're to do three touch and goes and then go around the fourth time and land. And boy, so I said, I can do this. And I went and got the pattern. I was downwind, I, you know, and I set up and I was on my final. And boy, I said, this is looking great. And, and he said, don't let the nose wheel touch. In other words, just let your two back gears, uh, wheels touch and then take off. And so I did that the first time and it was beautiful. And then get up there, and I said, okay, I can do it now. I, I got this thing made, and I went around, and I said, boy, this is easy, and, and that time I bounced once. So I said, okay, I started getting it. The second time I bounced two or three times. And by the time I put it down the fourth time, I said, I've had enough. But the whole point was, do you think I told any about, anybody about that when I went home? Do you suppose I told any of my friends, though, that I soloed today? Absolutely. I was excited about that. You tell people what you're excited about. It's like when Michigan plays Ohio State, I get excited about that. For Michigan. <laughs> I like it, but, ne but nevertheless, I want you to understand, we're talking about when we reach out to people and we want to share the gospel with them, we have to be excited about what God has done for us and what he has shared with us in giving his, his son for us on the cross. Look at Galatians, if you would, please, with me. Chapter 4. Listen to these words in verses 4 through 6. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons, because you are sons. God has sent forth, his, sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. God sent forth his son to redeem me. I am his son because I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And he's put his spirit in my life. And because of that, that designates or shows the world, really, and the throne that I am God's son, and I reach up, Abba, Father. And that's not like we were going around a few years ago when young preachers were saying, oh, daddy, dear, you know, and, and you know when they were doing all that daddy stuff. That is an Arabic word for father, Abba, which has a lot of, of, of um, respect and, and gratitude involved in it. It's just not a daddy thing. Abba, Father. We belong to God because of what he planned for us and because of what he's given us. We are the redeemed. I'm redeemed, how's it go? By blood divine, glory, glory, Christ is mine. Boy, when you sing that song, doesn't it take and, and just turn your heart just a little bit in joy and thanksgiving? Doesn't it help you appreciate even more what Jesus did for us and our being able to come together here? We are the redeemed. That's good stuff. 
That's great stuff. That's something that you don't take lightly, the idea of being redeemed. It's phenomenal. Jesus came at just the right time, verse 4 said, at the right time. He came as a baby at the right time. He grew into adulthood at the right time. He started his ministry at the right time. And at the right time, he died on the what? On the cross. And at the right time, he resurrected from the what? The grave. Empty tomb. That's, our, that's the greatness of it, isn't it? Not just Jesus dying on the cross and shedding his blood, but the tomb is what? Empty. I'm redeemed, right? By blood divine. Glory, glory. Christ is mine. Phenomenal, awesome, majestic. When our shepherds and our evangelists are trying to encourage us to share the gospel with our friends, that's what they want us to tell them. We serve a phenomenal, awesome, great, majestic God. Do you believe that? Then can't, why can't you as a redeemed say so? We ought not to be ashamed. Luke chapter 9, Jesus says, If you're ashamed of me now... I'll be ashamed of you in that day. I'm redeemed. He saved me. He did. He's walked with me. He's been with me through some trying times, through some hard times, and he has never left me because I am his son. I belong to him. I call him my father. Because he redeemed me in the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. So when the psalmist said, let the redeemed say so, that should mean something to us today. That should move us today. Being redeemed, I think, is the most positive thing that's ever happened to me. And I've read all the books on being positive and everything. But if you want to understand what being positive is, understand what being redeemed is. Redeemed is the best thing that ever happened to you and me in our life. And it's the most positive thing that could ever happen. No matter what negativism is around you, you are still redeemed. No matter how Satan tries to pull you down and crush you and pull you under, you're still what? Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That's great news, isn't it? Because of our sin, and in our sin, whether small or, or great, separated us from God, God set a price, and we know what the price is, don't we? It was his son. Here, a couple weeks ago, somebody read to us, and I never remember who it is, but from Ephesians. I love Ephesians chapter 1. Turn over there with me, just a page over. Verses 5 through about verse 8 says, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will. To the praise in verse 6 of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespass, according to the riches of his grace. Can you say amen? Listen to this. Now look at verse 8. Which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. Is that phenomenal news? Is that not great news? And I hope you don't get tired of hearing that tonight because that's what our lives is all about. Our lives is just not about overcoming hard things. Our lives isn't about overcoming anxiety or depression or all those other things that we spend a lot of time worrying about, though that be that just compounds it, doesn't it? Our lives are about being redeemed. We're the redeemed. We are adopted children. You know what that means? We have something we don't deserve. That's what that means. 
We have something we don't deserve. Isn't that a blessing? That's a rich blessing. We have something the angels don't have. We have redemption in who? Jesus Christ. So I'm redeemed. You know why I like that song now? By blood divine. Glory, glory. Christ is mine. What a great Savior we have. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that, that our sins were just piled upon him and he died because of that. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and following, Peter says you weren't, you weren't bought with, with, uh, with gold and silver but by the precious blood of the Lamb. The blood of who? Jesus Christ. That's why we sit here tonight. Jesus took the sin problem in our lives and he redeemed us. I'm thankful for that. It's important that we not only know this but, but we must believe it. But not only that, we must, we must not only believe it, but we must rejoice in it. It's time that people see us rejoicing, not because of what we have, but because of what we have in Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what you have or don't have in this physical world. We are still to rejoice in who? We are to rejoice in Jesus Christ. Why? Because we have been redeemed. And by the way, that's a command. Did you know that? Paul says, let us rejoice forevermore. Now, I see that as a command. I don't have to be happy all the time, but I'm redeemed, Andy, and I need to rejoice in that before the throne of God and before my brothers and sisters, before my friends in the world. By the blood of the Lamb, I'm redeemed, and so are you. <clears throat> Jesus paid the price. You know, if you're having an identity crisis, and <clears throat> I've had a lot of people come to, Christians come to my office in times past, and uh, by the way, if you're visiting here, I'm not the preacher here, you kind of gathered that. I'm just one of the members here that sits in the pew right now. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to say something to John, but I'm not going to say anything to John tonight, but <laughs> anyhow. Well, I lost it. Where am I? Okay. People just come to my office and say, I've got an identity problem. And I say, what's your problem? Aren't you redeemed in Christ? Quit trying to find your identity in yourself. Find it in who? In Christ. You're an adopted son of the king. You belong to the king. If you've got an identity problem, perhaps what you need is redeemed. And you need redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, Romans chapter 8 and verse 15 says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. No identity problem. I know who I am in Christ. It doesn't matter. Do not misunderstand this. It really doesn't matter who you think I am. In the end, it matters who God knows that I am. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I want you to know that I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And I'm an adopted son of God. That's what you have to share with people. What a precious gift that is. What a great gift that is. To be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 18 just simply tells us that, that we are his sons and his daughters. And, and I really like that. Especially, I appreciate that because I had a father that was never home. But I have a father now that's always there. I have a father now that walks with me and talks with me and is with me wherever I am because he's adopted me in the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. It's important that people know about the blood. And the only way they're going to know about the blood is if you, the redeemed, tell them about the blood.
So we're redeemed by blood divine, and we need to say so. You know, if you feel powerless, maybe you need to be redeemed in Christ. Because in Christ, you own something. You own eternity in Christ. And I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. You own it. it it's yours. Isn't that powerful? Just think about it. In Christ, you know that you have eternity with him, that you'll live with him forever. Galatians chapter 5 and, and verse 5 is, is an interesting verse. I kind of like it. After, you know, verse 4 there says, you know, that you need to be careful that, that you don't fall from grace. And verse 5 says, For we through the Spirit by faith are, are, are uh, waiting for the hope of righteousness. We in the Spirit by faith because of the blood of Jesus Christ. So Keith, you're nothing without the blood. Nothing else matters in your life in the world. The only thing that matters is the blood of Jesus Christ that redeemed you and set you before the throne of God in heaven. What a precious, precious gift that is. And what a great gift to share with somebody else. So I want to commend those of you that are in the personal work class. And the rest of you that aren't in the personal work class but want to do the personal work. And maybe have already done that. Because that's exactly what God wants us to do. He wants the redeemed to say what? Say so. And not just to one another, but to those who need the blood of Christ in their life. Jesus saved me. And I'm ever so thankful to Terry that he brought those old Jewel Miller film strips to me. And I could listen to the ding, ding, ding. And finally I said, I remember that night, and it was late that night, I want to be baptized into Christ. What a great time that was. I'm redeemed by blood divine. You don't need a powerless feeling, powerless feeling. In Christ, you're not powerless. In Christ, you have the Spirit in your life. Romans 8, 16 says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. What more do we need? What more do, what more do we need? That should be our greatest one of all things to understand that more deeply in our lives. If all this is true then, and I think it is, what should we, the redeemed, do in return? Well, let's borrow that principle again from the Old Testament. Psalm 107 says, let the redeemed say so. Let them say so. And that's what we need to do here at Pickerington. God wants us to make known to the world who he is and what he has for us. And he doesn't want anybody else doing that but the redeemed. Do you remember over in Acts chapter 16, Paul's speaking in, I think it's Thyatira, and, and he's met Lydia and all them, and, and he's going on and around, he's continuing to preach, and this demon-possessed young lady, you know, she's got the demon of divination. And she's going around declaring that Paul, they're all the, of God, and they're talking about a God that brings salvation to them, and they followed him around. She followed him around for a couple of days. He got tired of it, and he cast that demon out of her. Listen, God doesn't need demons declaring to the world who he is. Right? They know who he is. He needs the redeemed declaring to the world who he is. And that's those bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And listen. No matter whether you like it or not, the Bible says there's only one place you come in contact with that blood. And that's in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ when you're united with him by faith in baptism. Don't you let anybody ever take that away from you. 
because that's what the Bible says. And we need to once again stand strong on that and never apologize for that. I was saved when by faith I was united with Jesus Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. I was buried into his death. And I crucified the old man, right? And as he resurrected from the grave, I resurrected a what? New man. Don't let anybody take that away. You're the redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And the only reason I say don't ever let anybody take that away because that is absolute truth. Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 16, Acts... Just on and on, right? We need to share that with folks and don't ever be ashamed of saying this is what God requires of us to be redeemed. Jesus Christ died, was buried, and resurrected that you might be united with him in his death in baptism. And I know that's the truth because the Bible says so. And the redeemed need to stand strong on that. We need to make one thing really, really clear. The redeemed are blood-bought. Our shepherds should know. They, they probably have Acts 20, 28 you know, memorized. Take heed unto yourselves and all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you bishops. Depending on your translation, it could be overseers. Which he purchased with what? The church. With his own blood. We are blood-bought. And, and I don't apologize for that at all. And it doesn't bother me that God chose to do that. I'm glad that God chose to give his son for me. I rejoice in that. And I thank him for that. And I'm glad that he allowed his son to shed his blood for me. I thank him for that. And I praise him for that. I'm not sorry about that at all. I'm thankful for that. I'm sorry for my sin that caused that. We're redeemed. So, if all this may be true then, because we are the redeemed, then there are things we should do, and I think you know what they are, and we've been talking about it. We should tell of God's goodness and mercy and his greatness. We, we should declare to this whole world who he is. And if you go to Mark 16, in verses 15, they're told to go and preach the gospel to the whole world, and by verse 20 it says they were doing that. And that still stands true, I think, today. The old fellows used to say, and they reminded us in Thursday morning Bible class, the old fellows used to say, you're not going to go to heaven unless you take somebody with you. And I believe that. I believe the redeemed must say so. We may not know who we've all we've influenced to become united with Christ, but we need to influence somebody, don't we? It's like, it's, it's, it's like saying you're uh, a baseball fan and never talking about baseball. That would never happen, would it? So you're a fan of Jesus Christ, right? No, you're more than a fan. You're a believer of Jesus Christ. And you're thankful for what he's done for you. We need to tell the world about this. And that needs to be at all times. So just why should the redeemed say these things? Well, I've got five reasons. I've already probably already mentioned them. Because God tells us to say so. My God has been so victorious in my life. Has he been in your life? My God has taken me out of the depths of despair and lifted me to great exaltation. Has he done that for you in life? My God has never, ever left me down. He's always been around every corner. He's been in every dark spot. He's been under every rock. He's been in every disappointment. 
He has never left me. He's been there when I've been joyous. He's been there when things have gone just really well. He's been there at all times of my life because I am his son. I'm his adopted son. Matter of fact, that's so important that he gave his son that I could be his adopted son. He's never going to leave me. The only way God would not be around me is if I left him. He's never going to leave me. I'm redeemed. I belong to him, and I need to say so. God deserves also our praise and our glory for all things. Turn over to Revelation chapter 4 with me, please. And it's, it's probably verses, if you've been in one of the, been around me, you've heard me read before, but I just love a couple of these verses. Well, let's read chapter 5 and verse 9 first, and then we'll go to chapter 4 and verse 11, because I just remembered I forgot chapter 5 and verse 9 about 10 minutes ago, okay? So let's read it. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seal, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood men of, from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. In other words, Jesus died for everybody, and we have to believe that again. He died for everybody. That's everybody. Now, look at chapter 4, verse 11. Worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things, and because of you, your will, they existed and were created. God is worthy of our honor and our praise and our glory of him. He's worthy for us to lift his name up on high and to share him with all those around us. He's worthy of our stepping out and being the one he wants us to be to take his word to a lost end, believe it or not, we forget these sometimes, dying world. He's worthy of all of our lives. We need to praise him. We need to glorify him. We're commanded by the Lord to do this, and, and I don't think we have any option around it. It certainly applies. Go ye and make disciples of all nations, right? I'm sure, Matt, you guys have studied this on Sunday morning. And what do you do Art, with all the disciples you make? baptize them into who? The death, the burial, and resurrection of Christ. So they can be saved. Yeah, redeemed. Right, saved. Adopted sons. Full of grace and mercy. Isn't that good news? Why wouldn't you want to be baptized into Christ? The church of Christ has to stop saying we don't offer as much as all those other churches in the world. We don't have all the programs they have. We don't have all the, the fun activities. We don't have the big buildings they have. We don't have a lot of things. We got something they don't have. We've got Jesus Christ and the truth. Well, someone said, well, they got, they got Jesus Christ. No, how about the truth? Isn't that more valuable than anything in this world? Isn't the truth more valuable? This building can be gone. We can still be the same people worshiping. Our country can be overrun and we can still what? Worship. We belong to who? We belong to God. We are the redeemed. And you know, we need to say so because we have a testimony to tell. Oh, I don't really have a testimony to tell, some people would say. I don't have a real story. Were you baptized into Christ? Were you? Good enough. Good enough? Are you excited about being baptized into Christ? 
Good enough. What about that, Gary? Good enough? I got a story I can tell you, though. It's not about baptism. To show you how when you get excited about something, you can tell others about it. So it's another flying story. Can I tell you another flying story? It's a good one. You know, and you'll pat me on the back and say, boy, Richard, you were really good in that, you know. But anyhow, I had taken my daughter one time up to New Philly from Moundsville, West Virginia. I flew her up to New Philly for a birthday supper, and I like to fly at night. So I went up in the evening, and it was, it was you know, the sun was just going down. We landed, and we had, we had a nice uh, hamburger and french fries. You know how kids are. You, you fly them someplace, and they want hamburgers and french fries. She'd have probably had chicken nuggets if they had it, but they didn't have them. So anyhow, I got back in the airplane, and, and we took off, and we're heading towards Moundsville, and, and it's dark, and flying at night's really fun. I was just going what they call VFR, you know, there, I didn't, no flight plan, no nothing. I, I knew where we were, and, and you can, you know, you can fly at night without being on instruments at that time. But anyhow, so we're flying along, and all of a sudden, I have no instrument lights, and my radio's not working, and I have no running lights but the engine's still turning. And it's running really, really good. And so I had to tell my daughter, you know, just be calm, everything's okay. It really wasn't, because I was trying to figure out, okay, I don't want to do an emergency landing at, at, up at Wheeling, you know. I wanted to figure this out. And I remembered something my instructor told me. Uh, we were out on some in instrument flights. He said one time he came home and he had lost all of his, his electrical, you know, his, his lighting inside and everything. He just buzzed his house and his house was there at the, at the, at the uh, airport, and his wife turned on the landing lights. And I thought, well, okay. Over there is Wheeling. You can see the lights from Wheeling. I was flying from, you know, where New Philadelphia is. Flying from there, and I was flying to Moundsville. So there was Wheeling, and there was Barnesville. Some of you from Barnesville know where that area is. You can see that from the, and everything. And I knew where St. Clairsville was. I could see the Ohio River. And I knew as I fly past Moundsville, so I get, went to the Ohio River, and I flew past it, and I said, I need to look for these two smokestacks. Because if I fly through these two smokestacks, I should fly right over the field. And just maybe David's in the hangar and the lights are on in the hangar. Thinking, right? So anyhow, so I tried, if not, I, I thought I was going to have to land at Wheeling. I didn't want to do that, a lot of paperwork and stuff, okay? So guess what? I, threw, I flew through the smokestacks. And, and we're, you're trained, you know, when you're, you're trained, they'll cover your instruments and everything every now and then. I, the, the plane was running well and everything. Not having running lights isn't too cool, and I didn't have a landing light, but we learned how to land without a landing light, you know, all that stuff. So I flew over it, and boy, the, the hangar lights were on. And so I buzzed the hangar. And I came back around and buzzed it again, and guess what came on? The runway lights. See, without my radio, I couldn't click the runway lights on or the beacon. You know, the thing goes around. So fortunately, having known where I was, that worked out okay. Let me ask you this question. You suppose I told anybody anything about that? See, it used to be I'd go to the flight shack there, and here would be all these experienced pilots around there, and some retired military pilots, and they'd tell all these stories. I never had a story to tell. When I finally had a story to tell, guess what I did? I told them the story. <laughs> You've got a story in Christ that's greater than that to tell. Tell the story. Don't stand around and, and let somebody say you don't have a story to tell. Here's the story you have to tell the world. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift is what? Eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can we tell that story? We need to tell that story. The fact that we are, are redeemed should cause us to 
uh, exalt in, in this life, uh, the victory is ours. Victory is ours. Not being ashamed of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Where's AJ? Come on up. No, come on up. Get ready up here. I think the song leaders ought to be up here when you're done. <laughs> Anyhow, we mentioned Luke chapter 9 earlier. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of him, he'll be ashamed of us. I know none of you want to be ashamed of our Lord. So we're commanded to go and say so because we're the redeemed. Let's do it because we're not ashamed of him. Now our brother has this song picked out, and I'd like to encourage you to open your songbook to the page he has picked out. If you've not been redeemed by the blood of Christ, and there may be somebody in here that's not been baptized in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and in all honesty, I would like to just be able to tell you, just come forward and we'll pray you into heaven. Wouldn't that be so much simpler? Isn't that what the world wants us to do? But I can't do that. Because that wouldn't be what the Bible said to do. On the day of Pentecost, when they said, what should we do? He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'd like to encourage you, if you've not been baptized into Jesus Christ, don't put it off. And I guess maybe I'm trying to scare you a little bit. Christ can come back right now. He can. Matter of fact, we should be praying for him to come back when? Now. So just think about that. Or you could be gone tomorrow. We've had young people leave the world here. You don't want to leave it without Christ. So this is your opportunity. There are men here that will baptize you into Jesus Christ tonight. And if you're a Christian that's struggling with your redemption, struggling with your life in Christ, take care of it now. Our shepherds here will pray with you. We'll all pray with you. Whatever your need is, we'd like you to come forward. Together we stand and sing.